Hi everyone, welcome to Third Coast Gaming Radio. Today is May 26th. It is episode 29. I'm joined by my co-host Austin Taylor. Hello, how are you? Hello. What's going on? Oh, you know, nothing much. Nothing much. Just hanging yeah. out. Yeah, you know, trying to hang out, as the kids say. Yeah. I don't know. There was there. I feel like I was working towards a bit here, and it just it didn't it, happen. It it fell down, but that's okay. I have no bit. I'm here to tell you. I've got some news, Austin. What if Valve made a portable gaming PC? It'd probably be a really smart idea. I mean, that's a choice. I think it would be a good idea. If they made something like a Switch, man, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. The thing is, is like, I, we need to, like, we need to look at the success of something like, um, I think it was like one of like the first of these was like the Razor Edge, um, which was supposed to be that kind of thing. And like, we need to look at like those kind of sales figures, um, and this is a book, The Razor's Edge, which is not what I was looking for. Um, but that's like a product that came out in, or was being advertised in like 2012. Um, now, I'm not entirely sure if like, I'd be particularly interested in like a mobile, like Switch-esque portable PC from Valve. You know, I also forgot they uh, were trying to make a Steam box too. And yeah, I don't think that also, ever came out. No, they did. They did? Yeah, they just didn't last. Yeah. Um, I don't think they came out. I have to look this up for a second. But I think Steam definitely has the pool to like make a like a portable like Steam thing like that very successful i mean yeah like they have the marketplace what i don't know at least what i don't necessarily what i'm kind of skeptical of is whether or not like the price point for this is going to be like enticing and like what performance this like games on this will actually have like whether or not the people who like frequent steam as a service are particularly interested in that kind of thing yeah, they would definitely have to put it out and see what happens. They'd have to. I feel like the mat, the price point would have to be at least competitive with the Switch. Between, I don't know. I this is probably a thing that's when when they say portable console, this is probably not a thing that's going to dock either. It's probably just going to be like, I'm guessing it's going to be like the Switch Lite. It'd be cool if you could do something like that where you could throw it in a dock and do that, but it'll probably just be like straight up a portable so maybe between two and three hundred unless they're going for some other stuff but (laughs) in this in this day and age of uh nobody being able to get a ps5 or an xbox i don't i would wonder when this would come out and if that problem would be fixed i mean like that price point is like a real low ball that i don't think is realistic yeah 
Yeah. Like if you want this thing to run like games like that you find on a PC, uh, on like you know like an eight hundred, like seven hundred, eight hundred dollar PC, like you, that needs to be significantly like higher. Yeah, and as as the price kind of goes up on that, you can kind of see like not as many people like your install base going lower. You know. Uh, wow. This um, I'm looking at this news article for one of. The, them talking about it uh man this there's a gdp windows portable console that's a thousand dollars uh it's an nvidia tigra x1 i remember that, that thing yeah i don't i don't think this hmm, i don't know if the steam machine ever came out i'm trying to the Alienware brand of the Steam Machine was a product that you could buy. Yeah. Like, they've been discontinued, uh, but you could at one point buy the Alienware Steam Machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it totally came out. <clears throat> okay. Did it come out? Oh, um, the Steam Link things you could get on sale for like ten dollars at some point i have to sneeze yeah. fast oh that thing yeah, well, in the steam link was just <clears throat> that one like streaming sorry what all this all the steam link was was like streaming games from your pc to like a to like another like basically your television yeah like, that's what the steam link was um i almost <laughs> Almost got one of those during their like closing sale as they were ending production, but that package got stolen. Oh no! F F in the chats. Yeah, they refunded my money though. So that's good. Fine. Oh, that thing was about the same price as a PS4. The Steam machine. It was like four hundred to six hundred. I guess you could get one with more. Hard yeah, drive like, and yeah, you get ones with more power. More power, you know, like more power. Um, you know, you get right. Like that was kind of the the selling point, right? Was like you can like get varying performances out of these boxes, and like I like when they were coming out, I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. You know, like that was. That was something I was genuinely excited about, but I have a friend who had been like PC gaming for a while. He's like, "This is this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." Uh, because the thing is, like, you buy those, like, that's the package, right? Like, sort of the appeal to a PC is like you can update it every so often. Yeah. Whereas this, you know, you just got a box. Like, yeah, you just got like a box boxes. that like support for it kind of just went away. Yeah, so this, yeah, this came out in 2015, yeah, and it only, according to Wikipedia, I don't know where they got the sales numbers from, but it only sold, like, 500,000. I'm curious if the, if the market will be a little different. I don't, I don't know. Like you said, you know, there might not be a, a real taste for a portable gaming I mean, PC, but it could be, who knows. Not one, like, as, like, it's certainly not going to reach, like, Switch numbers. You know, I don't think it's going to get anywhere near, like, switch numbers, but... No, but Steam definitely has the money to give it a shot, at least. Yeah, like, Steam has, probably has, like, the pull and resources to, like, try it. I just, I am very skeptical of, like, the, like, sort of, the validity, not validity, um, 
just sort of how how long this will go like how well will this be supported and like can i expect like to have this for a few months before she's like oh we're gonna quit this now because this <laughs> hasn't done the numbers it's we just want it to. gonna go the stadia route big marketing push in the first six months and then you don't hear anything about it after that except for jokes and then the shutdown of all internal studios yeah that as well that as well all right um to to things that are more interesting to me at least is um yo what if what if there's a final fantasy spinoff that was like a souls like i there's some rumor going around um could be called final fantasy origin seems really cool i'd be into that i a dark soul a souls game with like the final fantasy setting and like music i'd be there for that yeah well i mean this sort of marking there's like according to rumors final fantasy origin is supposed to take place in the same universe as like the first final fantasy game um pretty cool which I don't like. I don't have any like real familiarity with like the first Final Fantasy game, so I don't know if that's a cool. Well, Austin, like, in Final Fantasy One, there's the Black Knight and the Red Knight, the Red Mage and the Black Mage, and that's just every Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think those were the those might have been the characters' names in the first game. Yeah, so they were just like their job titles. Yeah, they didn't have names. Let's see what Google yeah, says. Like... I'm trying to remember if that's actually true or not what's up yeah so i just i don't know, like that seems interesting i don't i don't know if like i mean the game if the gameplay is there like that'll be fun but i don't know if like i'll be that into a final fantasy like square enix produced soul like yeah it said uh it might be team ninja who are um, Division of Koei. They, they were the they're doing the Neo stuff. Uh, people really like those Neo games, so it might could be could be really cool. Uh, they I mean, Neo they did those Dissidia just... stuff too. Forgot about that. What? Yeah, so like this is like yeah, like supposedly mostly being handled by the team who did Dissidia. And like I haven't touched Dissidia, um, but like as far as Neo. I don't know, I was not a big fan of Neo 1. I haven't touched 2. I have some friends who are, like, diehard Neo people, and I've heard, like, good things about the combat, so I feel like they'd... they've done, they've done two of them, so they've, they've got the experience for it, at least. I, yeah, I just... Like, when I sort of examine the Neo flavor of, like, Souls-like combat, I find it like far too I think I think quick might be might be the word for me to describe like what I didn't like about Neo's comments. Like it was far too quick and for my taste like a bit too punishing. Yeah. I um I stopped playing Souls games after Demon Souls Dark Souls two. So I haven't fucked around with it. But this might this could be something that could bring yeah. me back. Well I mean, the aim here is to make this be more accessible to like you know like the general audience, right? Yeah, Final Fantasy Endwalker is at that fourteen. Yeah, it's that Final Fantasy fourteen thing coming in twenty twenty one. Expansion. Oh, I keep I keep thinking about just playing some Final Fantasy fourteen, and then I'm like, I don't know, I don't even know where I would start. Um, I don't know the free trial. 
Ha 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 ha. Um, yeah, he played like I think level sixty and the first expansion. He, but yeah, I tried it a little bit. It's um, there's a lot of people in the servers. It looks it hurt my brain. Um, oh yeah, it's far too many people. And then you get into things like the the like housing scarcity that exists in Final Fantasy fourteen. It's just I could never. <laughs> Some politics yeah, like, coming into fucking Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, I mean, no, it's just like how they've set up housing yeah. is, um, like you have limited. There's limited space. Uh, at least that was my understanding of it. At least when I was told about Final Fantasy, and this was a couple of years, like Final Fantasy fourteen, just a couple of years ago. But you have limited space on a server for houses and player housing. And I remember having a friend who would just sit in like a bidding chat or something and would wait to just throw, try to throw money at a house that I think he got at some point, but that was a while ago. Yeah. Um, according to this leaker who was talking about this um, Souls Final Fantasy game, is there's a, another major Final Fantasy announcement. Maybe e th- the E3 time for s- them to talk about stuff. I don't know what that would be. It's just another Final Fantasy VII remake spinoff. Um, it'll be it'll be like the sequel to World of Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, those chibi Final Fantasy. Yeah, the, the cute Christ. little chibi Final Fantasy that like absolutely just put me to sleep. Yeah, when I played that demo, I didn't I didn't give them my money for that. You know, I feel like as a person who's in the Final Fantasy like fans heads i feel like the next remake is either going to be six for like the people in the super nintendo like who love that era or it's just going to be 10 again 10 3 again or just ten, Final Fantasy 10 remake um well no 10 looks good 10 already looks good yeah HD. but i would um, i would do the combat like thing that seven remake did but for 10 i mean that's the thing right like they could just get away with inserting that ATV combat system into a lot of remakes and and people would be down for it yeah like that that combat system has made me like like the advance like from 15 to that is like the combat in 15 is not anything to write home about like it's does the job of being in the open world but it's it doesn't go past that like it's not exciting in any way and yeah like there's like that combat in 15 is so bad at, I think, really, God, words keep escaping me today, uh, sort of like making you feel like you are in any sort of peril at any given point in time until you're fighting just a really big thing. And even those really big things, like, you know when it gets dark? So when it gets dark in Final Fantasy 15, a bunch of demons will come out of the ground, and I fought yeah. one of those that was, t- like, 15, 20 levels above me and murdered it, because you can just spam yeah. healing your party, and it just yeah, doesn't it's just sort of like yeah. the weightiness of well, i mean there is no weightiness that exists within like 15's combat um and so it just becomes a chore like really quickly yeah but also now i could totally play some more of that game that game's world it's just good. makes it like m- makes me want to stand there but well the thing that seven remake did so well was that it just lets you control your other party members and set up like their abilities like you can use their abilities on the fly and you can pause combat they could do that with any final fantasy and i'd be in they did it boom um i have a question for you i was in a facebook comment page 
for an ad for Outriders, and some guy was talking about how he thought Square Enix is like um, just putting out the same shit over and over again and then slapping their name on other games. Do you think they should make other stuff besides Final Fantasy, or are they just different enough to where it's like, oh, these are actually new games? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not the person to ask this, but, like, Final Fantasy is, like, like you, you're going to keep publishing in Final Fantasy because, like, that is a name that you have for your RPG staple, that a suit that like gives it some sort of these games as they come out like some sort of, i don't want to say credibility but um promise of like this like specific like a type of adventure right um like i don't i don't have any like strong opinions about should they start should they like make new ip i mean yeah they i mean they can it hasn't necessarily gone that well for them in a good handful of instances, you know, you think about, uh, like, I remember, no, no, that's actually Capcom. Like, I was going to go to some Dote Nod stuff, but, like, but, yeah, like, Life is Strange, like, that first season had a lot of interest, and then Life is Strange 2 didn't generate that much interest, for whatever reason. Yeah. Probably because of its release schedule. Um, and I guess the only, some of the newer IPs I can think of is, like, Octopath Traveler, which... I don't know if that was pitched by one of the Square Enix like business divisions or came out from like someone before that. And then um you know, like Kingdom Hearts in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're actively trying to diversify like their catalog, you know, like you have Octopath Traveler and then you get like later in these sort of or what's gonna be coming out at some point that sort of uh, project tactics. Trifold Tactics, I think, is the name of that project currently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like, they're trying to find ways to do new stuff. Oh, they did Last uh, Remnant in fucking 2009 as well. There's another game by them. Yeah, so I just... I don't have any particularly strong opinions about like the state of Square Enix in this current moment. Um, this is they are still like the company that is like during E3 presentations. I am mostly like zoned out if I have their stream on. Yeah, most most of this like the only excitement I had was like, oh, Leia, this Final Fantasy 16. I think that was in the Sony. That was thing. in the PS5 review. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, I was just thinking about that because I got in some like. Yeah, some idiot on the internet. Um, let's see. Going on is IGN takes down the articles and tweets sharing the Palestine aid groups. And I think Game Informer was going through some of this stuff yeah. as well. If you want to go over this, I don't think I yeah. read too much into this. So this was like last week. Um after, like, I don't want to say, like, directly in response to, but, like, at some point last week, a GameSpot editor, uh, Tamar Hussein, posts a video kind of, like, chiding the video game industry's lack of support for, uh, the pal like, the, 
the suffering that like Palestinian people are going through right now as like a new wave of violence between uh, the sort of Palestinian residents of the West Bank and Gaza Strip uh, and the Israeli government heats up again because you know the Israeli government is uh, forcibly removing Palestinian people from their homes so they can put settlers uh, in there. So they have like you know this period of violent disposition. And then in response, you know, you have the, you know, air, you know, air quote terrorist group uh, Hamas launching rocket attacks into um, Israeli occupied territory. And in response to that, you then have the Israeli government launching uh, strategic missile strikes to residential areas in the West Bank and Gaza, leaving about, uh, well, a couple of hundred Palestinian people dead. Sixty six of those are children. And so, so that sort of prompts uh, Hussein to post this video. And I don't want to say in direct response to that again, but there is like a clear like sort of line that you can draw because in the following days you have I, groups like IGN, GameSpot, and Game Informer putting up articles promoting like Palestinian aid groups. And these are yeah. these aren't like and these aren't like particularly controversial organizations either. Like it's they're organizations like Doctors Without Borders, right? Um, these aren't like yo give Hamas your money. Um, and in the days following that, IGN's article is taken down. Game Informer's article is taken down. The Gamespot article is still up. Um, and like. There is just radio silence on like these socials for IGN and Game Informer. Yeah, and I remember the IGN thing had happened where they took that down overnight and then sent an email about it, you know, like at midnight or something, telling their staff that they had taken them down and stuff, which that's yeah, kind of that, wild. That was, yeah, so that was taken down by their sort of corporate executives um, overnight, so that way there wouldn't be like, you know, an immediate backlash from your employees. Um, the only, and the only response that we've seen from like uh, Game Informer was one of their reporters, uh, Liliana Rupert, uh, sort of in the wake of their article being taken down, tweeted, we're trying, right? And I imagine that they have a bit of a tougher time talking to their executives about it because they are owned by GameStop. Um, whereas IGN is owned by, uh, J2 Global yeah. and Ziff Tavis. And so for a couple of days, you have this really like sort of like weird silence from uh, like IGN reporters and editors. And in the wake of meetings, like internal meetings that didn't really explain much to the IGN staff because they are described as being pissed as they walked away from these like these uh, like kind of useless meetings with corporate leadership. Um you get another like sort of statement being pushed out on IGN social, which is the sort of, we didn't like, uh, which definitely like wasn't written, seemingly wasn't written by anyone, like any editor or reporter, but it is basically saying like, we didn't want to take a side here, even though we really didn't uh, with the initial bit. And in response to like that social media post, you get an open letter. <laughs> from IGN staff to their leadership that basically call that calls out their leadership for violating their editorial independence. Yeah, well, you know, most stories, I'm sure, 
the staff we're writing are like you know games journals and stuff they are still journalists and they're still like don't want stuff that they post to be pulled for or like stuff like that it go like goes against that oh yeah and this isn't like the only time this is not a like the only time that ign has published like advocate like articles like this right like they did this in the wake of uh the protest the protest of police brutality that um had like, sort of went across america last year they did this to um during the uh, period where the um the stop asian hate movement was really picking up um earlier this year and late last year you know like they've released several articles about um aid and sort of pushing for advocacy work and sharing links to charities so this was like another one of these and but because we have sort of see over the past couple of decades have kind of tricked ourselves into thinking uh that like the situation between israel and palestine is very complex it's really not it's a pretty pretty cut and dry sort of example of settler colonial like violence that like corporate like corporate leaders are like too are we're very nervous about this as opposed to um supporting like black lives matter and the uh aapi movement and this hasn't been resolved i should know like these like articles are still down ig and staff would like to republish these but these articles are still down on both uh ign and game informer yeah so you know shit really sucks people can um if people look up Palestinian aid, I'm sure there are places they can go to donate if they'd like. Um, I know Kind of Funny yeah, like has been running a lot of streams to send aid as well. I, I don't remember what the numbers were, but they, they were hitting some good milestones. I think they were doing stuff with... Tim I don't remember if they were doing stuff with more, but I know they were like retweeting each other on Twitter and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I... Some of the kind of nice stuff. And like the GameSpot article is still up. Um, the GameSpot article titled uh, Help, Palestin Help Palestinian Civilians in Need by Donating to Charity. And that features like, I don't, I don't know if it's the same, but like a lot of the same uh, charities. Such as like Palestinian Children's Relief mm -hmm. Fund, uh, Doctors Without Borders, you know, UN uh, Relief and Works Agency, Muslim Relief. And then, like, a further reading uh, section. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, even the Biden administration, like, they got to put together, like, $235 million worth of aid to try and help. And that was in April. So, like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but, like... I don't know. We're also sending a lot of military, like, funding to Israel. Oh, uh, we are? I don't know. Yeah, like we we as that. the United States are complacent in the mm. violence uh, perpetrated by Israeli government and settlers who are violently displacing Palestinian people. Yeah. Let's see. What's this other one we got? Is that the um there's another thing that was going on was the um the Ubisoft CEO, uh, I think it's Ives Gilmont says a uh, considerable 
Gilmont. <laughs> you say Yeet Gilmont? No, I say uh, Eves Gilmont. Okay, okay, I think I might cut oh, out. Yeah. He said considerable progress has been made since abuse allegations, but there's some sources who are talking to Le Telegram, which is a, a, a French publication, and yeah. um, they were saying this, I think this was something, they were talking about some issues that had been sidelined in like December 2020, and that not a lot has changed, actually, so. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Ubisoft still doing shitty stuff, as it turns out. Yeah, like this... I don't know, it's it's weird because what you have is a fundamental disconnect here in the Ubisoft stuff between like the progress that Gilmont is is seeing and the progress that people like within Ubisoft like on these sort of like workers within Ubisoft are seeing, right? Because Eve sees like new hires and require training and thinks that this these are significant steps in the right direction. And they are steps. Uh but like they're closer to like the waddles of a baby more so than like the steps that you need to be making in order to enact any sort of significant change or uh, like reconciliation with the people who do not feel safe at your company. Um, and like use statement is specifically like made a week after like the Le Telegram uh, piece that was published earlier this month reaches like sort of uh, like outside publication in like a, um, let's say like the 18th, right? Which is when other like media outlets begin like reporting on what like Le Telegram had found. And what they found is not a lot. Not a lot has changed for people who are like on the ground in Ubisoft. Yeah. So I hope, these emails get bundled up and sent to the people at the top of Ubisoft stuff so that they know that people are talking about it and that I hope things change a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not particularly confident in that as any sort of significant step, right? Because, like, what we hit, get with this report on, like, the minimum changes they've made, you have employees who, are, who basically are saying that, like, we can't get anything done really these management either isn't talking to us or the hr department which did not do its job here well arguably did its job here considering that hr is really just there to protect management in most instances like did not protect its workers i don't know if like appealing to management harder is going to be the thing that's going to get ubisoft to change significantly and i don't have any real confidence in current leadership and i don't think anyone should yeah yeah the only thing i can see is like if if stuff like you know if stories like this kind of keep coming out you, you take it i hope the shareholders like take a look at him and kind of like put pressure on them but you know who knows that stuff usually never happens but it could i'm hopeful i mean it's only going to come if like and i don't want to and i don't necessarily want to openly be like we need to boycott ubisoft right that was something that also was happening like last week last weekend in response to the um, the telegram piece right as you get a hashtag like um hold ubisoft accountable trending which is just people calling for a boycott and i don't know if i like it's pretty complicated with games industry stuff right because 
that's gonna hurt the people at the bottom before it even touches the people up top. Yeah, and it you know people put a lot of hard work into these games, and there are a lot of people who like Ubisoft games. Like you know, I think they did yeah. a really the studio who did Watch Dogs Two did a really good job with that, and like I enjoy Far Cry sometimes, and the Division. So I don't know. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, like the people at Ubisoft are like proud of their work, you know. Um, it's just the environment they're working in is really is really bad. Yeah, so that sucks. Um, things that don't suck as much, that barely even come like close to it. I would. <laughs> to some people, it sucks. Um, that Overwatch is a changing to a five v five game, which I guess this was coming up when they were doing their live streams a couple weeks ago. They were talking about how they were messing around with like. 4v4 games and like 7v7 games so i think they're gonna try the 5v5 there's some people who are like as well boycotting it or like putting up like things for petitions for people to sign i don't know it'd be interesting to see how it's like they're changing it to where you used to have two tanks now it's just one tank and then your two healers and your two damage people i don't know if they'll move some characters around to other uh, see, this just shows Rolls that I have no stuff. idea what Overwatch um, is about anymore. Because they, they talk about like this team composition, right? Like, team, new team composition for Overwatch 2 will consist of two damage heroes, two support heroes, and one tank. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Does that mean like I can only pick a specific hero at some point? Like, I have to pick between like a specific field of heroes? Like, can I not just be like, I want to be uh, a Widowmaker all the time? Oh, yeah, so... um overwatch like normal overwatch had some changes where you queue they have like role queue which you just pick what type of player you want to be and you can switch between those and then i think their ranked is tied into that like their ranked modes only do role queue and then i think they have like open play where you can switch but yeah yeah so they're going to 5v5 so if you're role queuing for a tank there's only one tank which is like diva and reinhardt and like uh I think Roadhog. He, is it the big dude? The big guy with the yeah. pig mask and shotgun? Yeah. Roadhog. And there's a guy yeah, with right. toes who throws rocks. Uh, Some new hero. <laughs> Toe dude. I don't I don't know that one. Um, but yet, to answer your question, if you want to play as Widowmaker, yeah, you queue for DPS and then you just pick Widowmaker. That's a little... I don't know. That's, that's a bit strange to me. Um, yeah, League of Legends does it. They started doing it a couple years ago before... Maybe before Overwatch came out where people would like... Because it's hard. Overwatch was weird because people would switch to anything. So you'd have teams where you had like three damage and then like... Openly switching in like ranked matches was weird. I kind of like that they close it down and did it to where like yeah you're gonna stay within yeah. this type of character set yeah like i mean i imagine this helps like keep track of you know things like you know the meta of overwatch and um uh, like specializing like as you like update heroes specializing them to fit roles better um 
I'm just like I just have not touched the hero shooter genre since like I played the beta of Overwatch and was really bad at it and you know uh so I I don't I don't understand um a lot of how this uh, kind of thing is put together. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's just a lot of looking at their games and what they want. I don't know if this is like them trying to make their Overwatch League like more understandable because they the uh, the director explain described that like two tanks are like tanks can be problematic and noisy and Blizzard will always try to make our combat easy to read and very understandable. So I don't know if this is like a um if this is something that's trying to ease users in, like new people who want to play this game that maybe 5v5 where there's only like you and nine other people to kind of like look over instead of 12 total just makes it sim- simplifies it or if it's something that makes like Overwatch League a little different, but I'm curious as someone who like I still enjoy playing overwatch every now and then there that game does something that i don't think like a lot of other shooters do and like it does it better than other hero shooters which is like a testament to like the way they do combat and first person stuff hi everyone sorry we had to take a quick pause because i unplugged my microphone and we lost about 10 minutes but yeah we were um we were talking about how i just Overwatch has a certain feel of their guns that they're that are really good, um, and they do that thing that a lot of other games don't really do on consoles, where uh, there's not a lot not a lot of the guns have aim down sights, which is uh, something I think is interesting as well. Yeah, at least they want to replicate like, hey, like I don't think I like Blizzard is like mainly making this for PC more than anything, and like. You know, they also just kind of want to have this arcadey feel to Overwatch. That, like, you know, works. More yeah. or less. Yeah. To some people, you know, some people are really into it. Doesn't grab, you know, didn't grab Austin, but that's okay. We, I, I think we've been talking about trying, I can never remember the game name of this game. Pal- I keep wanting to call it Legions for some reason, but it's Paladins. Um, hey, we'll see what happens. It's free. To, that one's free to play compared to Overwatch, and you don't need PS Plus. Um, let's see. Although we did pause these, uh, PlayStation Plus games for June got announced, which is, uh, pretty cool. Star Wars Squadrons is one of them. Uh, when did that come? That came out, like, our first or second episode of this, we were talking about it, so about six months ago. Yeah, so yeah. been, like, pretty late last year. So that's cool. Um... In moves to get people to uh, get into their live service games, you make it free on PlayStation, then you start making some money, I guess. That's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, you have to try, have to get hit the biggest market, and that seemingly is PlayStation right now. And PlayStation wants these free games, too, which works out. So, um, And the other two are Operation Tango, and Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Ultimate Showdown. That's a that game hasn't come out yet, right? And no, this is so yeah. This iteration of Virtual Fighter Five, which has previously been a thing, uh, being released, but like this iteration of Virtual Fighter Five is like a new remaster from the Yakuza team. Which that's cool. I have enjoyed Virtual Fighter games from like.
sorry, I was burping. Um, I've enjoyed these games. I wonder if this was the last one. Because this originally came out... It's a PlayStation 3 game in 2008. Um, and then Final Showdown came out in 2010 for... It was like a Game of the Year edition. I wonder if we've had any other Virtual Fighter games since then. You uh, five was the last one. Five was the last one. Apparently. I forgot this was. I forgot this was a stu- like a franchise like originally helmed by Yu Suzuki. Helmed uh, by what? Yu Suzuki is the Shin. Yu Suzuki. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, They're cool like- games. You can play as um, dudes who fight each other. Yeah, can- I think there's a luchador. Yeah, I love to. I love to play as dudes who fight each other. That's I remember like, that's video games to me. Yeah, whenever I went up to the arcades of this, I would pick the luchid. His his name's El Blaze, and he has a mask, and his pants have fire on them, and he has no shirt. It's a good time. Yeah, I I've always confused Virtual Fighter and Tekken, even though I don't think they play too similarly. But I do love Tekken as well. I Tekken Seven. Ah, ah, if I had people to play that with, that used to be the weekend game you hang out with the boys and have a couple beers with in my group of friends yeah i i don't think i've had much experience with virtual fighter it always just kind of seemed like a less interesting like street fighter to me but like at the time i was like young and did not like appreciate how very few like fighting games are actually doing like 3d stages as opposed to the 2d that you get in street fighter um so I never, I didn't ever really touch Virtua Fighter or Tekken for that matter. Yeah, and in like the PS2 era, it was there was like Soul Calibur, Virtual Fighter, and like Tekken all competing for that space. Yeah, which I think Soul Calibur hasn't had one since since like six, it was six, which was five years ago, I think. Yeah, so it's like that's a current. Let's see. Can like, confirm. Yeah, 2018 was, actually is three years ago. Oh jeez. Where the one where you could play as Geralt. Yeah, yeah, that was. I have a lot of friends who thought that would get me into Soul Calibur. Those games are cool. It was, it was more of a nostalgia trip for me because like, you're sitting there on your PS2 or GameCube or Xbox. Xbox had Tekken. Oh my God, their character creators were nightmares too. Someone, I, horse armor. Uh, yeah, the people who stream the character creator, good for them. They can make anyway, monsters. someone made Siri. There we go. Yeah, of course. Of course. Not a Geralt. You need to make a Siri. Of course. Uh, let's see. What's the other one? Is that um? Hey, uh, there's some there's some Netflix news that. They may or may not be getting into... They want to be the Netflix of games. It could actually just be Netflix. Um, That'd be interesting. I'd wonder if it'd be something that they would roll into their existing service as like, hey, it's $6 extra a month or it's a different thing. But I think their catalog of like... Netflix has like reinvigorated like companies and like production studios to have like a new avenue to make money and they do pay them pretty well like there's been a bunch of shows coming out from netflix that are only on netflix that have a good budget so i'd be curious what you could see for gaming 
And I obviously mean, they've had game they have gaming properties on Netflix too. Yeah, but like the thing is like we don't know much about like what this could entail. Like this could be anything from Netflix making like original like games based off their properties to like the equivalent of like maybe slightly more complicated versions of uh like the Black Mirror Bandersnatch special or uh Minecraft story mode. Yeah, and I remember uh I think it was like in twenty nineteen there was that uh Stranger Things game. Yeah, there's supposed to be a that died. Stranger Things. Yeah. And then I think there was a like a thirty two bits whatever like um Stranger Things three game. Yeah, there was a Stranger Things like like RPG. I think I own it on the Epic Store. Yeah, Stranger like Things three, the game. Based off of season season of that TV show. Interesting choice. Yeah, the summer season. So it'd be interesting because they, you know, they hey they have Resident Evil is coming there. They got the Castlevania stuff. They got witcher on netflix so i don't know they could like yeah but i i could see this in a world to where like i don't know i i know the tv show witcher and like cd project red's witcher are separately but you know they could have a deal where it's like hey we got the witcher 3 in our gaming service catalog thing where you can just download it yeah but like that's see that doesn't make much sense to me like and like that being a thing because like what you hit with like netflix is like they have shows based off of castlevania resident evil the witcher like do those properties even fit into like what this game's initiative could be and i don't think they do because you already have with the exception of castlevania you have companies that are making games in those properties yeah and like i'm sure like like that first season the witcher came out and copies of that game got sold on steam i'm sure they wouldn't need like an advertising push of like oh the witcher season two is coming out now people are gonna pick up the game again i don't know who knows like netflix wouldn't i don't think netflix would be able to do like a game about the witcher oh no i just mean like having witcher 3 on their thing like like where like what microsoft has game pass where they will pay a company to have their game on their service for a set amount of time Yes, you know, then that's, like, them, like, building, having to build an entirely new, like, infrastructure to support, like, hosting games. It could be. It could be. I mean, it could be. I, we have no idea what this is. Yeah, we have no idea what it, for me, it would be them building a new app where you download the games, like, a Game Pass thing. That would be the ideal like if they were wanting this to su- succeed, I think that would be a smart idea. Cause I don't think streaming, unless they like reinvigorate, like reinvent streaming games. Um, I don't know. Stadia, I've heard things about it. Unless they go into okay sometimes, not everyone's okay sometimes. and give everyone good Wi-Fi. Yeah dependent on good wi-fi because the thing with tv is you know it'll it'll scale down quality which is something you don't want to see in games and stuff when your internet's not as good yeah but this is i don't know this is a 
I mean, like, of course, Netflix is always going to like push in this kind in this kind of direction at some point. But like now that the sort of inevitability of it is here, it is hard to reconcile. Like, what could this even look like for Netflix? Yeah, it'd be a good move if they did it right. Um, let's see. There's this other thing is that uh, we're going to have a state of play on May 27th with some Horizon Forbidden West information. That's uh, that's tomorrow, which will be cool. Yep. Um, this this one still coming out on PS4 as well as PS5, right? I think that's the thing with Forbidden West. Yeah, it's. I mean, on the GameSpot page, it is it is listed as like PS5, PS4. Yeah, so that should be cool. I'm curious what they're going to do with the sequel. I know um, they've definitely had like good iterations of like Killzone, where they've done things differently. Like I think the PS4 Killzone was like a different direction, different enough of a direction from like the original one. So we'll see. I mean, that was a Shadowfall. Yeah, yeah, where it was like more in a city. Instead of like a war front, where it was like, because the war had ended in Killzone Three, and then yeah, it was... was you essentially doing like, uh, like basically being the CIA. Um, yeah, yeah, not particularly good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I'm hoping for like, based off of like going back through Horizon pretty recently, I'm hoping that like a lot of some of what we'll see is like better menu interaction. Uh, so you're not like constantly pausing combat to switch your litany of weapons out. Yeah, or some better inventory. Um, also, also, yes, <laughs> I do not want a limited inventory in this one. Yep. The, our quickie of the week is that a 20 year old Xbox Easter egg has been revealed. I think I guess there was like, if you burn a CD and you call it Timmy with like 26 Ys, which is the max amount of characters on a something on the title that you can hit yeah then you'll you'll get a display of names who worked on the dashboard which that's cool oh there's a picture of this original xbox and i kind of regret selling mine to one of my friends from high school i think mine's such a honker no longer operational unfortunately yeah apparently they had some there's some like batteries in there that will fuck up and like corrode your xbox if you don't get in there and replace them too yeah. But I, I still got my uh, my Halo One, my Halo Two disc, which, hey, you can throw those into a 360 and play them. Oh yeah, you which, know. still the coolest thing about like Xbox, which P- PS3 did that. Remember they did that for a year and they're like, oh, we're gonna take this PS2 shit out. We're gonna take this away. It'll make so these consoles cheaper. PS3, yeah. Like there was you. There are fat PS3s that don't even have the PS2 emulation. There was there was only like f- for some. I think it was like they were selling. It was sixty gigabyte PS3s when it first launched. Let me see what I can't remember what the uh, yeah. I think it was this, it was an eighty gigabyte PS3. I remember my friend got one when um. Metal Gear Solid 4 launched. Good times. Those things were fat fuckers, dude. Oh my god. Oh, okay, yeah, here we go. The PS3 20 gigabyte and the PS3 60 gigabyte were, 60 gigabyte were compatible. Those are the big ones. And then they made a 80 gigabyte that was not PS2 compatible. 
but all the ps3s are ps1 compatible so there if you want that and which i do and the other thing to note about this sort of this easter egg these these credits being found on the xbox dashboard is that the uh, developer who had sort of sent in a hint or a tip about the information uh, that led to this uh this was not the secret they were talking about. Oh, wild. Wild. Oh, wait, no, it's, it's not. It's a different one. No. So it's a different developer. So this is uh, okay. uh, Blakely, who I think is just, who I think I've seen on Twitter as just being someone who does a lot with, like, bread. Yeah. He makes, <laughs> makes a lot of bread now, is my understanding of this person. Um, okay. So, like, when they... Asked, like when they reached out to him to ask if that was the Easter egg that he had sort of hinted at back in 2017, he said that was not the Easter egg. Hmm. As this article says, it seems the egg hunt can continue. So, uh, hey, get on them. We're gonna. That's a that'll wrap up the episode. Uh, we will be back next week for another episode. I'm on Travis 23 Doyle on Twitter. If you want to find me. Yeah, and if you just have to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Beardless2TWL. Make sure you, um, you, um, I was going to make a joke about something someone could post pictures of on your timeline, but I can't think of it. I was going to, I was just going to save Garrus Vicarian because I read some fucking tweet. How about you? You don't don't need to put Garrus Vicarian. Yeah, Garrus pictures. Space cop pictures. Space cop Garrus. Just the worst. Alright, we gotta. Yep. Just the worst. Alright, we gotta go. Bye, everybody.